Welcome to the new Cat Chat, brought to you by Dr. Elsie's, the wonderful private company owned by Dr. Elsie, a feline-only veterinarian whose personal mission is to formulate litters that keep cats using the litter box, which keeps them in their loving homes. I'm Tracy Hotchner, the author of The Cat Bible, Everything Your Cat Expects You to Know. My mission is to entertain, educate, and inspire cat lovers like you to give their kitty cats the best possible life in nutrition, affection, and environmental enrichment. With Dr. Elsie's support, The Cat Chat Show brings you interviews with cat authors and experts, some old favorites, some new conversations, so you can better understand and appreciate your own feline family members. Dr. Elsie's is also the founding and continuing sponsor of My Cat Film Festival, short films from around the world that celebrate kitty cats. Here's some exciting news. Thanks to Dr. Elsie's, you can now see streaming versions of the Cat Film Festival for free on Amazon Prime and Tubi TV. Hope you enjoy listening and watching. I am here with Shirley Russo Murphy and her book, Cat Shining Bright, which is the 20th in a series, a mystery series, the Joel Gray Mysteries, a talking kitty and his wife and now their children. And Shirley lives in Carmel, California, and she is she serves as full-time household help to two demanding feline ladies. I think many of us know what that what that's like. Shirley, welcome to the show. It's such a pleasure to meet you. Well, thank you, and it's so good to talk with you, Tracy. I have to just tell people a little, a little, um, I, I, it's not really a spoiler alert because I'm not going to give away the, the ending of Cat Shining Bright, but when you and I were emailing back and forth and I was trying to pick out something for you to read and we were going back and forth and then your publicist said to me, well, you do know that Shirley is almost 90. I was like, what? I couldn't believe, I mean, my father's 100 and he has a book coming out next July, but he's not cheerful like you. He's grumpy. He's always been grumpy. So that's nothing new. But I just have to say, I take my hat off to you, Shirley, turning out book after book of this beloved series. And there you are about to be 90 and not slowing down. I'm sure people ask you, what is the secret to your personal mental and physical success? The books. Is it? The fact that I am writing books, that I'm doing something I I feel fully committed to and feel I get such nice letters from fans and a lot of them are, I hate to have my age go out over the air, but anyway, a lot you of them are proud. my age. And, you, should uh, you should be proud, proud, proud. There's nothing to be more proud of than to be a vital artistic creative person at that age i mean what could be more boring than being 55 really that's so ordinary. <laughs> well. not everybody can be 89 and a half surely i think it's incredible and you do get letters from people oh i get letters from people who are uh, in very bad health and oh. people who are close to death uh not only people like that but i do get or from their children how much Joe Gray has meant to them just Surely. to pull them through the years oh when, my they've, gosh. when they've had a lot of pain and um, suffering and um, it's been very touching. I, I, I get letters from younger people too, but in many, in some of those cases, the, the, um, they've been taking care of their parents. Yes. And that was how they discovered the books, and then they loved them and passed them on to the rest of the family, and everybody's hooked. So, oh, lovely. What a great, I mean, there is no greater compliment, really. 
Well, there really, really isn't. And I think that's the one thing that keeps me going and keeps me um, thinking about what am I going to do next? What's the story going to be next? Um, It pulls you along and you don't feel that you've reached the end of the line. Well, far from it. And I guess one of the reasons that you have older readers is because you've been doing this for you have 20 books in this series. That is an enormous legacy. And no wonder people are hooked because once you fall in love with these kitties, Joe Gray in particular being the main protagonist. And by the way, he could still literally be alive, right? Because a, a well-looked-after kitty can live into their 20s. So who knows? Maybe he really is that age. But it, its I'm sure you have just gotten people so in love with this relationship that Joe and his wife Dulcie have with each other. Talk a little bit about, if you can think back to your first book, was there a moment when you had that thing that can sometimes happen to writers where a cat suddenly seemed to be speaking to you? Where you actually in real life thought that obviously you knew the cat wasn't speaking English to you, but communicating with you in some way? And did you think, what would it be like if a cat could really speak English? Well, there was a, a, a there's a prefix, preface to that, um, Tracy, because I had already written The Cat's Old Portal, which was about a girl who could change into a cat. Oh. And um, that was very popular. I think it's become kind of a cult book. But in that, she doesn't, as a cat, she does not speak. Um, as a girl, of course, she does. But it is set between two worlds, um, another world um, and and San Francisco. And that's where I really got started. And then what started me was a little stray cat, a little tortoise shell or turqu- um, calico stray cat who came to our door. And she would sit on my desk while I worked, and she just looked like she wanted to talk so bad. Oh. And that's that guy. I got to thinking, what a what a heroine she would make. Um, what would she have to say and where would she go? So that book came first and when it was finished, I wasn't finished with with cats who do more than, than the, nor- the normal cats yes. do. And so that's where Joe Gray got started, plus the fact that Joe Gray himself was a stray kitten who came to our house um, with a broken tail, an infection, and wow. found our cat when we were starving and found our cat door and started eating all our cat food. And so we, of course, took him as soon as we found out he was hurt. We took him to the vet, and um, life went on from there with him. And he he was a... He was just like Joe Gray. He he had his own ways and his own opinion, and you'd better do it his way. <laughs> was he a gray kitty? Is that how he got his name? His name was Joe Cat. Joe Cat. I love it. Is well, it he, something? He really did find you, and then he brought you a whole new life for yourself. I mean, that's obviously. That's what he did. The only thing wow. was, our calico kicked him out. She would not tolerate him. <laughs> so we found a young bachelor we my husband worked with in Washington, and um, he wanted him badly. And we knew he took good care of his animals, so my husband flew Joe up no uh, when he went up for a conference. And Joe ended up uh, raising and bossing 
half a dozen golden retrievers and another half dozen cats. And I'm sure he had a happier life than we did because he ran the show. Oh, isn't that something? And what did you did you get news of him over the, oh, over yes. time so that you? Could oh yes, we got news of him and of all his. Um, antics and the things that he was into and and how he bullied the big dogs and um so we kept in touch and had pictures and he was just such a perfect character i couldn't i was off and running what a what a great thing how how do you get i mean with 20 books and they're quite intricate mysteries i mean they're multi-layered there's a lot going on there where do you get the genesis of the ideas do you get it from the newspaper? Do you get it from, it, it, does it come straight out of the ether, just full-blown an idea, or do you take bits and pieces of what's going on in the real world and mold them? It's a little of both. I collect newspaper, I clip newspaper articles, Yes. Um, and I hear about my friend's cats, but things first come in pictures. No matter what's going to happen or uh, what the plot will be, um, the first thing I see is pictures. And I think that's because I was a painter for years. Oh. And then the plot starts to work out from there, and then I have to do some serious thinking about where are we going here? What are we doing? But it, um, so it sort of flows half off on its own and half with some guidance where it needs it. But it starts with a, with a mental image, with something that you see. Yes, so, always. So then there, there was recently a, an, an interview with John Grisham in the, the, the Times Book Review, which I think the Paris Review of Books for years has a number of series of interviews with the authors, like, how do you work? How do you do this? Is it morning? Is it noon? Is it night? How big a bottle of scotch do you drink kind of thing? <laughs> and he was talking about his mysteries and always you have to know how it's going to end and you have to do all these cards so to speak that map out the whole plot before you begin but many of us who write don't do it that way we start with something that that unfolds and we let it take us somewhere where do you fall in that in that idea of how to because you your books are our mysteries so they have to have a strong plot well and when i get started what what's this all about? Then I start making notes. I used to make cards, but it didn't work very well for me. Um, I was always impressed with Sue Grafton's um, books where she does all these cards, and they're all efficient, and she can find everything. <laughs> <laughs> I've never understood this. I mean, even writing screen words and you, you know, put all the scenes, I never liked it. It made me feel kind of constricted or constrained. Or like you'd already written the book, and why do it again? Yeah, or let someone else do it for you, which, of course, some of these authors can actually farm the whole thing out once they've sort of done the cards. And yet, especially this book, Cat Shining Bright, it seems to be both clearly and organized, you know, in terms of plot and and reveals and surprises, but it does have this feeling of fluidity and flowing. And like, I don't know, it's just evolving in a very natural way, and that's probably from not being constrained by you have to write what your card told you to write that you wrote six months ago, right? Yes, exactly. I the only the, the only thing that notes really helped me do is remember 
when hap- what happened when and yeah. whose name was what. <laughs> That's right, because you yeah, especially with so many books and so many characters, human and cat, you want to make sure that because we all can make that mistake where we call somebody Dulcie, and then well, in this case, Dulcie's you know his wife, Joe Gray's cat wife, so we know who Dulcie is. But it easily could confuse names of kittens with each other if you didn't write down so and so's the tortoise shell and so and so's the the orange tabby, right? I mean, you could easily there's only so many cat characters that you can keep straight in your mind after 20 books, I would imagine. That's true. And the, besides Joe Gray and Dulcie and Kit and Pan, who were the other two fairly prominent cats, uh, speaking cats, there is a small uh, clouder of feral cats, speaking cats, um, in a mansion, it's it's in this book, um, a crumbling mansion up yes. in the hills. And so I have to remember those their names because there are about ten of them. And that's and they come, they come they come in and out um, frequently. The first they started when we had a contest uh, for cats, and I wanted a, a nice leader cat for that little group, and. Um, uh we had a winner uh willow and she's still appearing in in the books not every book but maybe every other one and i'm um have gotten to be friends with her author and her author's done some very nice things for me she did a um um sampler in um Oh, I can't think what you do, what you call your writing. That um, anyway, well, oh, it's calligraphy, a poem. calligraphy, like calligraphy, calligraphy. Exactly, it's the poem at the end of one of my books. How and, lovely! Uh, she did that, and she's done some beautiful things for me. And I think she may uh, someday be a writer herself. So that's kind of fun. And that's you meet, lovely. You meet um, interesting people that way. I still have Willow's picture on my bulletin board oh my goodness isn't that lovely that you that other people are inspired by what you're writing and then you get inspired by them interacting back in turn with you i'm going to take a a moment to read a couple of pages so people get a get a feeling of how lovely your writing is and and how cat centric it is it's it's really a pleasure for anyone but for someone who loves cats it's particularly delightful so this is um a description of at the beginning of cat shining bright of this this little um this little little family of kittens that are just uh coming into their own two weeks after the kittens were born their eyes were open and their tiny ears unfurled another week and they could see and hear very well and were toddling about their pen courtney's colors were clear now the bright orange and black markings along her back her white sides and belly her little white face with orange ears and a circle of pale orange and darker freckles around her muzzle the three perfect black bracelets circling her right front leg. Now, when the kittens heard Joe Gray come in through the cat door, they squealed with delight. When Joe jumped into the cat pen that Wilma had set up in the kitchen, the babies climbed all over him, pummeling and mauling him, rolling under the tomcat's gentle paws. The biggest question in both parents' minds, the same question that nudged those few humans who knew that Joe Gray and Dulcie could speak, was when would the kittens say their first words? Would they speak? Would they be speaking cats like their parents and like tortoiseshell kit and red tabby pan? 
Or would Joe and Dulcie's babies grow up without knowing the human language, without the human-like talents of their parents? Everyone was filled with anxious hope, with nervous waiting. Wilma's niece, Charlie, came often to visit, the kittens climbing from her lap to her shoulder to tangle wildly in her long red hair and to pat with curiosity at the celestial scattering of freckles that spilled across her cheeks, making her laugh. Charlie, as police chief Max Harper's wife, knew all the details of the coastal auto thefts. She said nothing in front of Dulcie, though she might ex exchange a glance with Joe Gray. Charlie talked to the kittens of other things, naming items in the kitchen, asking questions, hoping to draw out a word or two, but the babies only meowed. June rolled away and still no kitten said a word. Soon it was July and then August. The kittens at three months old were all claws and teeth, loud and demanding yells, boundless energy, leaping from chair to table, climbing draperies, but not a word did they say. A cat tree stood by Wilma's desk, looking out at the garden, another at the dining room window, a third in the bedroom. Their carpeted shelves and climbing posts already shredded by sharp claws, where Calico Courtney and her buff-colored brothers leaped, flew, battled one another, wildly fierce and happy. But still, Courtney and Buffin and Stryker said no word. Every night, Wilma read to them, the book open on her lap with the kittens crowded around. Dulcie read to them, and often fluffy tortoiseshell Kit came to visit and read to them, too. Always the kitten's blue eyes followed the words on the page, though they wanted to wrestle and play with Kit as well, for she was as much like a kitten herself. Will you ever speak to me, Kit asked them, her yellow eyes wide. When we read to you fairy tales or the old myths, I know you understand. Speak the words, Courtney. Say them back to me. That is just so wonderful, Shirley, because it's really reminiscent of how we all read to our children, right? We read to them and our children follow the books with their eyes and we wonder, when will they start speaking? And with humans, we're pretty sure they will. But of course, not all cats can talk. But in your world, some certainly can. And it, it must be great fun for you to recognize the, those expectations. When will they start to talk, right? It is, and it brings back something in my own childhood because I learned to read on my grandmother's lap. I didn't wait oh, for school. How um, lovely. It, it was lovely except what I got in, in kindergarten and I could already read. It was a bit difficult because they were reading Dick and Jane and I didn't wasn't really taken with that. Uh, that, I that, had been... <laughs> that happens when you're precocious, definitely. <laughs> well, you definitely have a book full of precocious kitties and kittens, and the book is just delightful. I think anyone who reads Cat Shining Bright is going to go, on, go right back and buy the other 19 books. Surely we've run out of time, but it's such a pleasure to meet you. You should be totally proud of your age and shout it from the rooftops. You're a great, a great um, inspiration to all of us, no matter what we do with our lives, that you, you bring so much much joy and passion to what you do. Good for you. I hope you have many, many more years of, of pleasure and success for yourself and for us. Well, thank you, Tracy. Thank you for so much for having me and um, for complimenting the book. I'm glad you enjoyed it, and I hope your readers will, too. I think they will. Thank you so much, Shirley. You take care and enjoy beautiful Carmel, California. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. I hope this conversation has deepened your understanding and affection for cats everywhere.
It's been brought to you by Dr. Elsie's, which has broken new ground by creating a healthy, dry, and canned food for kitties called Clean Protein, which is inspired by the protein levels found in a cat's natural prey, so your cat's appetite is satisfied longer without compromising her health. This is the first dry cat food I believe can be a healthy choice if you want to feed dry food to your cat, even as part of her diet, although I recommend that canned food should always be your cat's primary diet. Feel free to reach out to me with questions or comments to radiopetlady at gmail.com. Now pop over to Amazon Prime or Tubi TV where you can watch streaming versions of the Cat Film Festival for free. Also thanks to Dr. Elsie's.